0: And what's up, everybody? This is Daryl Terrell with The Real World, and welcome to episode number 42. And tonight's guest is Emily Lauren Interwitz, and she is a creator. She's a bikini competitor, and she's going to be on tonight's podcast. So sit back and enjoy. And um, Emily, all Welcome right. to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm to say my last name right. Yeah, no. I mean,
0: I had to practice one or two times know, in my brain. Yeah. Know. It's still new for me. Yeah. It worry, is it? So, still getting used to it. How are you enjoying your, your new marriage now? That's it's great. Happened.
1: It is great. So, yeah. everything's going good. Everything is good. I thought everybody asks us how's married life. But right.
0: It's
1: pretty much the same as it was before. Correct. But. I think I've been asked the same
0: thing a billion times. Yes. So. It's fun,
1: though. Let's
0: go into this. I see that you are a social media manager. Mm -hmm. How did you get started in that profession?
1: So I started that whenever I used to work at Lululemon. So I first just started there as like a part-time associate and then they kind of kind of put everybody into like a niche and they were like, hey, you want to try doing our social media? So I was Mm -hmm. like, sure, cool. Like I'm interested in my own and you know, I'd never done it for anybody else, of course, but For them, it was only Facebook and it's, you can't do it for like the whole corporation. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I started doing it on there and doing a lot of like the creative stuff there. And then whenever I transitioned over to a different job, I started working at a bank. Never thought I would ever end up in banking. (laughs) My father has been in banking my entire life and he was shocked to say the least. Um, but I started kind of as like a personal assistant there as well. Mm-hmm. And then I showed my interest in working their social media. And so I did that and I became I grew into the role there of um, our communications coordinator. That's awesome. And so I started doing it. And then I was like, hey, I can I can do this on my own. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what what's holding me back? And it was a super scary leap. And, you know, but. I took it. And at the end of last year is whenever I started my own business.
0: Awesome. So how is working with people and their social media? (laughs) Is that kind of awkward at times i mean
1: yeah it's interesting it's definitely interesting you learn a lot of different things i have a <laughs> wide variety of companies um i work with some home builders i work with a guy who does like covid disinfecting cleaning nice. never knew anything about that before i started um and then i've kind of tried to start doing more of like the fitness like nutrition and the things that's my ultimate goal would be to have all my clients in that field
0: that's awesome you know, so I the last time I seen you compete was actually at the Grand Prix 2020. Yes. Let's go into you being a bikini <laughs> competitor. How long have you been... Competing and what was your interest to start competing?
1: I was like, you've probably seen me compete. Probably all my shows, I've competed. I have, competed in all I have all defi- <laughs> You definitely stand out. Yes, for sure. uh, yes, I definitely stand out. I am six foot. For anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> and about six four, six five in my heels. So I am usually always the tallest competitor on stage. <laughs> that is it's very true. Not to see me, um, but I did my first show in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no business being on that stage. I was rail thin, um, had no muscle in my body at all. I think I first started getting into like the more weightlifting aspect in probably about 2012. So it's been about nine years, I would say. Um, but before that, I didn't play any sports in high school. I never did any kind of organized sport. No basketball. No, I was like, again, with being six foot, I get asked (laughs) pretty much every single day, um, from random people at the gym or in the grocery (laughs) store. Um, I literally think it happens every single day. Wow. Um, I get asked if I play basketball or volleyball. Um, I got badminton one time. Mm -hmm. I still don't really know what the association (laughs) there is, but that one threw me off a little bit, but, um, But right after high school, I would say, is when I started to get the idea in my head, I was like, oh, I want to lose some weight. I'd never been, you know, overweight or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I would guess you would call me like skinny fat is what Mm -hmm. I hate the word. But what people say, um, I just had no muscle. I'd never, you know, really applied myself or worked out at all. Um, So I got into cardio. So then I became the cardio bunny. And all I cared about was losing weight and the typical things, you know, that girls go through at Mm -hmm. that age. And Mm -hmm. um, then I got to the point where I was just, you know. I felt like I was just like running my heels into the ground. I was, you know, spinning circles, not, you know, doing all this, putting all this effort into cardio, you know, but not seeing any progress. And I wasn't paying attention to my food or anything like that. Um, I, I never had like a problem with eating or anything like that. I've never, you know, I've been fortunate to never have eating disorders or anything, which is a lot, you know, the road that a lot of people go down at the same time. Um, but I just didn't, I was just filling my body full of crap. Yeah. So then honestly, what got me into competing is Instagram. Just yeah. that's when Instagram became a bigger thing. And I started following people on there and just becoming, you know, interested in what if I did that? Like, could I ever do that? And again, I've never played sports. I never did dance. I the thought of being on stage in front of a million people by myself is still to this day, <laughs> the scariest thing in the world, it's even though I've done it.
0: Always going to be scary. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. But I just, you know, i Got into it. And I was like, well, I guess if I, you know, if I never try, I'll never know. Yeah. So I was like, I'm either going to love it or I'm going to hate it. And mm-hmm. I did my first show and I think I got dead last. Um, but like I said, I had no business being up there, but I had the best time is the best feeling in the world being up there.
0: That's awesome. What were some of the things that helped you start your process of, you know, you competed now you understand that it's not just about doing cardio. Mm-hmm. What was it that got you more intrigued about the weightlifting to help you build muscle?
1: Um, I think I got over the idea of just wanting to be skinny. Like I was like, what is this doing for me? You know, like this is, you know, I don't like the way that I look. I am I don't feel good about myself. I want to feel strong. I want to feel healthy. And so I started getting into the weightlifting aspect. Um, and then I feel like I've, I feel like I transitioned into that, um, after my first show. Um, I did my second show in 2017. So I took a little bit of time off. I feel like I had the opposite problem at that show. I worked with the same coach prior and I think we were both kind of like scarred from how little I was. (laughs) And I was surprisingly eating a lot. I hate looking back at those pictures just because I was such a rail, but it was because I had no muscle in my body at all. Um, so, um, but so we, didn't lean me out quite as much. Mm-hmm. And so I still feel like I didn't, you know, I shouldn't have probably been on stage at that point. I don't feel like until my third and fourth show is when I was really starting to, you know, like grasp, yeah. you know, and have more of the figure to be up there because it's not, it's not just a contest about losing weight. You know, right. anybody can right. go into prep and lose weight. That's, that's the easy part, but building the muscle is the hard part.
0: Right. I'm glad you said that. I feel like so many people that, take on this journey to get to a bodybuilding stage that don't have a coach, really don't understand the proper steps to really get there. Mm -hmm. What was it from your coast that that you felt like helped you the most understand what it takes to be and get better on stage?
1: I would say I honestly didn't learn that until I started working with my coach now. Um, So I've gone through three coaches um, over the course since um, 2015. Um, My coach now, he is a big advocate on, you know, like knowing where you're at, knowing, like being very upfront with you about, hey, you're not ready for stage. You know, you need to build more muscle. This is a bodybuilding contest. Right, right. Um, So I feel like that and his encouragement on that, you know, helped me out a lot to mm-hmm. realize like hey, there's a there's a time and a place for everything and you need to take the time and put in the effort on the front end of things and it'll pay off later.
0: Yeah. That's so true. I feel like so many times we want to hurry this process mm-hmm. when it comes to getting better, but there's really no hurrying you can do when it comes to your body improving. It really mm-hmm. takes more time than anything. Speaking of time though, With you being in the gym, what is it that motivates you to try to keep getting better for each event that you may have upcoming or that you want to um, eventually be on stage of?
1: Um, I would say just looking at myself and like, I mean, it's kind of sounds cliche, but it's beating myself. It's always going to be me versus me. Mm -hmm. Of course, I want to beat, you know, all the other girls up there and would love to get first place eventually, you know, but it's about really seeing how far I've come, you know, just from my last show or from my very first show. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, I have come leaps and bounds from that very first show. Right. And I get frustrated a lot because I do feel like I'm a hard gainer. I'm, I'm six foot tall. It's, it's hard to put on muscle, you mm-hmm. know, and you see those girls that You know, there are some girls out there who start working out and, you know, 12 weeks down the line, they have these awesome shoulders and this big old booty. And (laughs) where did this come from? How? Like, I've been working at this for years. And but I feel like in the long run, it it means more to me because Mm -hmm. I know that I put in the work. I know that I've, you know been through the struggle over the years and yeah. you know and it's something where it's I'll never be happy you know and I don't think anybody should ever be happy with their body you know you love your body and the way that you look and all that but mm-hmm. you always should be striving for more.
0: Was well, there anybody before you started competing that inspired you at all? Uh, in the bodybuilding world? In bodybuilding or that may be a fitness enthusiast of some sort or a model what who was that person that inspired you to stick with this because as a taller competitor mm-hmm. you have to understand or should know that it's going to take you a little bit longer. Yeah. So, who is that person that <laughs> inspires you or motivates you? Uh,
1: I don't feel like I ever had just like one person. Like there was never just like one person that I'm like, oh my gosh, like they are the ultimate like I want to be them. Um, I see a lot of the girls on my team now. Mm-hmm. Um that's something I really like about the team that I'm on. Um we're all over the world. Um there's girls in Portugal. There's girls in Belgium. I mean, there's girls here. Right. Um, but we have a strong connection and you know everybody's like so involved with each other and we're all cheering each other on and it's just that support. Um, so I feel like I look up to those people on the team.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned that you've had several coaches already. Mm-hmm. What was it about this coach that really made you feel like this is the one?
1: Um, I feel like he took my goals the most seriously out of everybody else um i feel like i had some struggles with the coach that i was working with in 2017 i just you know i was just like this is we're not on the same page here mm-hmm. there was a lot to be said there but i feel like paul who i'm working with now he's the first one to really you know, like tell me that i am capable of all these things because after doing you know a lot of girls win their first show mm-hmm. and then it's like become pros and all of that and i am feel like I'm five shows in and it's like, where am I at now? You know? So it's like, I feel like I should be a lot farther in the game than Mm -hmm. I am, but there's potential. And I feel like he saw that potential.
0: Yeah. Did that now ever come your way before you met Paul or, I mean, what was it that you felt like you wasn't receiving?
1: Wasn't receiving from previous coaches? Correct. Um, I feel like I just, I feel like my first coaches, I mean, I was so young. I didn't know a whole lot about, you know, bodybuilding in general. Um, I feel like I worked with the coach that I worked. I love her dearly. She's still one of my good friends. Um, but I just don't, there wasn't that something there. I don't know. It's like, it's hard to put, you know, put it down what exactly it is, but it just, it wasn't the proper fit. And I feel like that's okay to go through people, you know, to, until you find that person that It just everything clicks with.
0: That's awesome. As far as your, you know, weightlifting now, Mm -hmm. what are some of the process that you're going through to help build your physique a little better?
1: Yeah. So I last competed. um, It was November of last year um and then of course you know after that you're living off that high of being on stage so i got off and i knew that i needed to make improvements but i was like oh i can make them quickly you know like we can do you know take a couple months off season and then i can compete maybe at the end of this year yeah and so my coach was like i'll fully support you if that's what you want to do you know like we can you know we'll just take it slow we'll you know And I think he knew from the beginning, he's like, this is not going to happen. You just have to, he's one of those that he wants you to come to the realization. Like, you know, if you're dead set on it, he's going to tell you the truth, but he wants you to come to that realization. And so I took a couple months off off season. And then I was thinking about, you know, maybe potentially prepping again. And I was like, I'm not ready. Like I haven't made enough changes. Like I'm going to get back on that stage and, you know my two things that I need to grow that I get the same, you know, comment every single time judges feedback is I need bigger shoulders and a bigger butt every single time (laughs) I can pretty much walk up that stage and I know that that's what they're going to say. Um, but Uh, so that was the feedback I got at my last show. And Mm -hmm. I know in those two areas, I need to make improvements.
0: Are you doing more squats to improve
1: these areas? I honestly don't do squats. I have always hated squats. I feel like they're just always awkward for me. It's just Mm -hmm. awkward positioning. I can never get it down. Um, my biggest thing that I've seen the most growth from is hip thrusts. Gotcha. Yeah. And okay. I recently started doing like presses more, which I'm really falling in love with. Um, <laughs> both of those, I've been able to continually, you know, set PRs this year because mm-hmm. that was another thing. I talked to my coach and I was like, I just kind of feel lost. Like, what am I, you know, taking a whole year of off season? Cause I finally came to that conclusion. I was like, I'm not going to compete at all this year. Yeah. And I need to set myself up to do shows earlier in the season because my last one, I did the show in November and it's like, you can't really do anything after that. You yeah. know, there's no more shows left. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I prepped the whole year and with all COVID and all that mess and shows changing and Mm -hmm. just that nightmare. So I didn't end up competing until the end of the year. And I want to be able to compete at the beginning of the year and then be able to have some room to decide throughout the year what shows I want to do.
0: That's all I can remember. Like when I competed, so, you know, I was having this conversation with Jamie just the other day, you know, that I watched so many other guys before me. You know, get sponsors and do all this stuff that really helped their career. And I was having this conversation with Jamie that um, it took 17 years before I got my first sponsor. So this isn't about sponsorship, but what I want this to bounce off of is you talking about how much time you're spending in this. And if you love this, what you're doing, Sometimes that time is a lesson that you're learning, whereas all these people that's coming before you placing before you may not still be here when you get to your pinnacle, so you have to keep striving
1: yep.
0: stay focused, most definitely stay positive yep. and just believe that it's going to happen because yep. it will
1: you're absolutely right it will and that's something I will never give up like I feel like that's something that I have deep inside of me on anything like Mm -hmm. i am not a quitter i'm not gonna just you know like i said i could have quit after my first show i got i think dead last Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i could have given up then but it was just like just i love more things about it and more things that it brings to my life than just that show day like i love the whole process of prep Mm -hmm. i think it you know i'm we're those crazy people that you know (laughs) like to diet and do cardio and it sucks (laughs) in the moment but it's so fulfilling at the end you know
2: Let's go back here for a mm-hmm. second. If you were
0: able to talk to your younger self, what would you say?
1: <laughs> I would probably tell myself to chill out and put the hard work in now, and then that will pay off later. I feel like I jumped into the game not knowing what I was doing at all um, and I think that I don't ever want to you know, like regret anything. I don't regret competing or mm-hmm. you know doing anything at a younger age, but if I could go
0: back and do it again, I would definitely do it. Yeah. You know, another little tidbit about myself, and I know this is a hundred percent about you, but just my motivation circling around back to you, you know, for God, since I was 19 into my forties, I competed and all I would train for is hopefully to get first. Okay, like anybody
2: else.
0: (laughs) And um, when that seemed like it didn't happen or was not going to happen. It gives you somewhat a change of heart to realize that you have to just love this just to love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because even if you don't get anything in return, you're doing it because you love it, because it's helping you. Mm -hmm. mentally it's helping you physically get better and stay sane and you know feeling like you're accomplishing something even though you may not be taking something home Mm -hmm. and so many times people would ask are you disappointed and my question to you is how many times did people ask you were you disappointed but most importantly what was the answer you gave them
1: i feel like i got asked that Quite often, you know, just because I, I've never placed first in a show, you know, that's what we, again, what we're all going after. Um, mm-hmm. but I've got progressively better from each show that I've done. Um, and you know, in the moment it is disappointing, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, sometimes you step off stage and you know, you are disappointed because it's not the outcome that you wanted, but it almost gives you more fuel to your fire yeah. to come in yeah. better the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you don't, what are you with without feedback? You know, you want that feedback. You want to know where you can improve because obviously there's a reason there was nothing wrong with your body or, you know, your presentation or anything. Cause again, it's so much more than just your body mm-hmm. when you're up on that stage, but you need something to like make better the next time.
0: Correct. Correct. I mean, if you're perfect right now, what would you do with yourself? Exactly.
1: Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you don't ever want to be perfect. I mean, I, I love working out. I feel like Stepping on stage is in addition to working out. Mm -hmm. I don't work out to step on stage. I step on stage because I work out because it's something that pushes me to the next level. And, you know, like I said, I've never been a part of any other organized sport. So this is just like a whole new feeling and just gives you so much empowerment and just feels so great every time you do it.
0: Yeah. You know, so many girls have a tendency to do this sport and... Whether they're successful or not, they end up with some type of eating disorder mm-hmm. or something of that nature yeah what would you say to someone that could pos that is possibly going through that right now mm-hmm. in a positive way
1: That's hard because I feel like I've never truly experienced it myself so when I feel like whenever I talk about it it you know could seem like it's coming you know from i may be speaking out of place um, Mm -hmm. because i haven't gone through that myself but i feel like in the nature of the game we've all kind of you have some kind of disordered eating like you know like (laughs) we you catch your macros you catch your food you know you're so attentive to everything i feel like we all have a little bit of that in that in us and i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. because if it's something that you are passionate about, you know, you want to be, you don't have that attention to detail. Right. Um, but that's hard for girls. I mean, I just, I so badly want to take that away from people and, you know, tell people like, Hey, like this is, you know, there are other ways to deal with this. There are other ways to go about, you know, creating the body that you want or, you know, and that has to do with a lot of, you know, I'm so pro on women Mm -hmm. learning to, Weightlift and get in the gym and do those things. And a lot of some people just don't like it. Mm -hmm. But some people, I think, are afraid to or don't realize what the results can be.
0: Right. You know, from that, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to being an inspiration, what inspires you to keep pressing forward every day to eventually accomplish this goal in bikini?
1: Just knowing that, I mean, knowing that I'm bettering myself each day, um, knowing that I'm bettering myself and then that by me sharing my journey and the things that I've been through that it could potentially help somebody else, um, who is starting off that journey, who are maybe interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like the biggest part of it was me taking that chance and doing it, doing something that I'm scared to do. Right. Right. still doing it and seeing if I liked it, you know, and it became something that I fell in love with something that I never knew was a possibility for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like that in so many aspects of life, it's not just bodybuilding, but it's like, you have to take those chances and you have like, there's a reason you wake up each day. There's a, everybody has a purpose in their life. And mm-hmm. I don't think you have just one sole purpose, you know, mm-hmm. you, there's so many different roles that you can fill in your life. Right, it's like, right. you have to push yourself out there and you have to try new things. Mm-hmm. And you know, to see what you're truly capable of Mm -hmm. because you don't, nobody knows, nobody knows what they're capable of until, you know, they try it.
0: Right. Speaking of myself, (laughs) because once again, I really did know. Yeah. And here we are. And that goes for anybody. And that's who I want to speak to right now. Sometimes fear is going to be part of everything new that you do. And. That can't be the very thing that collapses your dream or what you want to accomplish with yourself. You have to stay focused, guys. You have to believe in yourself. That, I feel like that's the most important thing so many people need to do mm-hmm. to really fulfill their goals is believing in themselves. Yep. So why is it so hard to do?
1: I feel like it's for the same reason that you can, you know, we're all our own worst critic. We can say all the nice things in the world about, you know, a stranger or, you know, a friend or, you know, give them all the advice. But when it comes down to yourself and taking your own advice mm-hmm. and, you know, really, truly believing in yourself and saying all those nice things to yourself, it's hard. Right. And I don't know why, you know, I don't know why, but I feel like we all, we all deal with that at some point in life.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's true. We we all deal with it. I mean, you know, before, you know, we actually started recording, guys, I was actually telling Emily that, you know, at one point I was going to stop podcasting. And um, it wasn't that I didn't believe in myself. I just, this was going to take a lot of work. A lot. Like anything else that you are really passionate about, it's going to take a lot of work. And it's whether or not you really want to punch in that time clock to accomplish that dream or goal that you may have. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, don't quit whatever you do, okay? There's going to be days and there's going to be nights where you're going to sit there and you're going to think, why am I doing this? But I say to you, everything has a purpose. And um, you may not and you're not going to see it now, but you will because your fruit for your labor always comes back. Isn't that right?
1: I 100 percent agree. So and I feel like that's what's wrong with a lot of people, too, with doing like all these quick fix diets and everybody wants to lose, you know, 10 pounds in 10 days. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, maybe you can do that, but it's not going to be sustainable. And mm-hmm. that's something that I really try to. Reach, I guess, is that you know you don't want to just lose a whole bunch of weight for a vacation or you know something for one thing. Like make it a lifestyle, like really turn your life around. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people throw in the towel when they don't see results in twelve weeks, and it's like you know I've been trying for nine years and I'm not where I'm at, so twelve weeks is nothing. You know, like you Mm -hmm. can't you can't expect things to happen in that short time period.
0: But you know it may have been nine years, Mm -hmm. but It could be next year for you. Yeah. I'm not giving up. Don't you worry. Yeah. I mean, Um, I'm not just saying that to you. I'm saying that to anybody who is listening. Your life could change tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But if you give up, you'll never know. Mm -hmm. So you have to stay for the ride. Yeah. That's what's the most important. I think some of this builds character.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, sure. <laughs> yes, there's so much character building to all of this, even if you don't step on stage. Like, I feel like with fitness, nutrition, anything in life, like such a character builder.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go more about you when it comes to you. Being inspiring to other people, how do you feel like you do that most?
1: It's a it's a weird question thinking that you are you know, saying that you're an inspiration to people, because to me, it's just, I speaking my truth. I speak, you know, the things that are going on in my life. I'm not trying to say something to, I mean, this sounds awful, but I'm not trying to say something to just intentionally help somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. that is a great thing that comes along with it. Right. right. Um, But especially in the beginning, like, I mean, I feel like with Instagram and like, just putting your life out there, sharing your life. Um, I went through a big change when I was, 29. So I was previously married. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Um, Some people do, but I was married for five years and then um, we got divorced and I feel like my life completely started over. I feel like I was pushing into my thirties and I starting at a 21 year old spot, you know, Mm -hmm. for the first time in my life, I was living on my own and I had to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And that again, with change, that was the scariest and one of, you know, in the moment, one of the worst things. But now I look back at that and I'm like, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like I grew so much from those moments mm-hmm. because I had to, and I never had to before. I was never put in a position, you know, I lived a pretty cush life. <laughs> <for most part. laughs> you know, I had a good family. I had a good upbringing, all that I've had, you know, I, I couldn't complain about a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I went through something that completely altered my life, but. I came out so much better on yeah. the other end and you don't see it in the moment, but you see it now yeah. you know, and you're thankful for those moments that you go through. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's kind of like where it started. Like that's where, you know, I started putting a little bit more of my life out there. And prior to that I'd posted about, you know, fitness and nutrition mm-hmm. and all that and all the stupid diets that I had tried and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, everyone in the book, but, um, But that's where I feel like I got, you know, really like raw and I started sharing those, you know, because that was the biggest thing that i ever gone through in my life. You know, I'd never experienced a parent or, you know, anything like that, anything Mm -hmm. of the traumatic, you know, experiences that most people go through at that point in life. I was a 29 year old going through that for the very first time, but I wouldn't take it back for the world.
0: What did you feel like you learned the most from that situation or going through that situation?
1: Mm -hmm. Just knowing that I would be okay on my own. That I could do it, that I'm capable of so much more than I ever thought I could. Mm -hmm. I learned so many things about myself, so many things about the world, you know, things, little things, you know, how to fix things in a house. And, you know, I always had somebody else (laughs) to rely on to do those things for me. I went from my dad doing it for me to somebody else. And, you know, it's like I can you know, learn how to do these things. And I am a strong person and I will be okay on my own.
0: Did you feel like that increased your confidence at all?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure.
0: And why?
1: Just be, I just, that feeling of knowing that you can do things that, you know, you recognize that you are capable of those things. That's a huge, you know, huge thing in life to experience Mm -hmm. and to know that you're capable of doing those things.
0: Yeah. You know, We're going to be transparent. I was actually married for five years Mm -hmm. at one point in my life, which seems like about a billion decades ago. And doesn't
1: it just it feels like a different lifetime.
0: It is a different lifetime. Yeah. I think it was more of a learning lifetime. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And I think that because of going through that is what made me the better man I am today. Yes. And probably you, 100%. the better woman today. Yes. And, um, and sometimes you have to go through painful stuff in order to find out what you really got inside you. Which yeah. is, you know, sometimes we have to be battle tested. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is a battle. we've got to buy our own stuff. you got to, you know, now, I mean, there's so many different things we can name off that now we have are responsible of. Yes. So I feel like... Um, as bad as it may seem at that time, it's still I think my mom would always say,
2: um, but what did you learn?
0: But what did you learn? And um, she was always right about that question right there, because when you really think about it, going through anything hard in life isn't supposed to be easy, Mm -hmm. but once again, we spoke about character earlier. This is another thing that builds character through those tough times. So um, what do you want to tell us tonight about yourself that no <laughs> one knows? Oh, What's your favorite know. color here? Let's get into something <laughs> fun here. What's your favorite color? Black. Okay. What about food troll girl
1: <laughs> um, it's going to be a tie between breakfast food. I can't talk breakfast foods mm-hmm. or Mexican food. Mexican. mexican food is always my
0: post show post show mexican always. food okay. I feel like
1: i i so I do things a little bit differently. I do flexible dieting, counting macros throughout of it, mm-hmm. my whole prep, so and I've always done it that way. I've never done the whole chicken broccoli rice thing um but Totally works for some people. Like yes. Maybe it would have worked for me if I had done it, you know. Yeah. I don't know, but it's it's not worth it to me to do that. I like food way too much for that. So <laughs> it's still hard doing macros and all that. You know, it still gets tough. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I feel like Mexican food is always like the hardest thing to track. Like, nobody wants to track chips in case. You just want to go after well, it. <laughs> I mean they're gone before you can track yes. them. So yeah. So yeah, that is always my post show.
0: So I don't know. I just feel like, you know. There's a lot of people I feel like I cross paths with in the industry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said this to you the other day because I truly meant it. You are one of the most genuine people. Every time I, it can be, be a long distance before we see each other, but you're always so cool to me. You're always nice and you're always nice to other people. And, um, I just want to tell you publicly, on this podcast, I appreciate you not only just being cold with me, but so many other people I see you doing the same thing with when you're at bodybuilding shows, and um, you're just one of those people who stand out in a crowd. So,
1: Well, thank you for saying that.
0: You're welcome. It means
1: a lot to me. And it's weird to to think that about yourself, but it's like, I wish that more people were like that. Like, why? You know, I'm a big believer and you choose your own happiness Mm -hmm. like you you create your own life and you choose to be happy you can wake up every day and you can be miserable, or you can wake up every day and try to find the most out of the day yeah and you want to see that in other people too you know you want to see the good in other people and sometimes that works to my disadvantage because i feel like sometimes i you know maybe i should have seen something in somebody or i should have you know been aware of something or i feel naive about things right but I'd rather see the good in people first, and mm-hmm. then have them prove the wrong to me. You know, yeah. than go into a situation just you know expecting something bad to happen.
0: Yeah, I feel like that upsets you a lot more when you see the good than they're not really that good. Yeah, and, but whatever. Yeah, here nor there. <laughs> so, um,
2: you know, what else are we gonna talk about? What
1: else are we gonna talk about?
0: So let's go into. Um Emily Lauren Creative here. Uh-huh. So you started that after working two other jobs. Yes. You went solo, started doing it yourself. Um, you have several people you work with um, online, obviously. Uh-huh. What does it take for someone to get a hold of you, your information? If you want to put that out on the podcast right now, that would be great for someone who's listening that wants to get a hold of you mm-hmm. to help them with their um, social media Um, as well, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Anybody can reach out to me on either on my Facebook or on my Instagram. I don't have a website yet. That's something I need to be working on now. (laughs) I should have already started on. Um, And then everything I just, I mean, I run it out of my personal Instagram. Um, Everything, all the clients that I've got now has been from word of mouth. I feel like I put a couple posts out there here and there, but honestly, that's something that I struggle with too. It's like, I, I feel weird putting myself out there and like, hustling my own business. And I know that I shouldn't. Because that's what I have. Why? I know. It's just weird. It's weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. Um, I've never, even when I worked in retail, like I was the <laughs> worst salesperson ever. <laughs> like someone comes up to you and they are you know, it's like, do you want to buy some pants? And they're like, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay, go, go. I'm not making <laughs> any money for this store, but I can talk to you all day about your personal life. And you know, it's real easy for me to, to drag that out of people. Um, but when it comes down to sales and money, it's a weird it's just a weird dynamic.: um,
0: That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, oh, go ahead,.: I always ask the guests that come on this podcast what are the three things they are most passionate about? So today you are on the spot, and go.:
1: I thought about this one because I did some research <laughs> to your podcast, and I took on to that theme. Um, I would say number one would of course be fitness and nutrition and, you know, my bodybuilding journey and, you know, getting to where I want to be with that. Mm-hmm. I I would love to get first place in a show and I would love to be a pro and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of road that's going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super passionate about that. Um, I'm passionate about putting my own story out there and, you know, continuing to, I guess, be that inspiration to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, because I do want, you know, I want other girls to, to be able to start girls or guys or anybody, but, you know, I feel like I'm more relatable to Mm -hmm. other females probably. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, to know that they are capable of so much more and that it's never too late to go after those things that you want. It's never too late to start your life over again. Um, it's never too late to start your fitness journey or anything like that, you know, is when you feel like you're at rock bottom, there's always room to come up. Mm -hmm. And if I can be that person, you know, for somebody to have seen my story or, you know, see the struggles that I've gone through and, you know, relate to me on that level and either reach out or just know that they can do something, you know, to their own life because of that, like that, that's huge. Like, you know, just being an impact on one person's life is, absolutely crazy. And it's not something I feel like that everybody gets to experience or you don't know that you get to experience it. Um, and then I would say my business probably is my, my third thing I'm most passionate about. I really, really was scared, you know, Mm -hmm. starting that I started it just as like a, you know, little side hustle, see if I could do it. (laughs) And then it kind of blew. I was very fortunate that it kind of blew up. Um, and I got to the point where, cause I was still working my full-time job, Mm -hmm. um, while doing that on the side. And working out and training and prep. And that's whenever I got married. And it was just, there was so much going on last year. That was a
0: lot on your plate.
1: Yes, yeah. 2020 was actually a really good year for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like everybody, you know, says it was the worst year of their life. And, (laughs) you know, I feel kind of bad saying that. But it was, you know, nothing really changed for me on like the job into things. Or, you know, my health was still good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm very fortunate for those things. But yeah, 2020 was an amazing year for me um but yeah i got to the point where i just i couldn't take on any more clients and so it was like either stop doing this or stop doing my full-time job and i was very fortunate to be in the position where i could take mm-hmm. that leap
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and so i quit my full-time job at the end of 2020 and you know left the corporate world and you know that's the only job that i you know or that I only ever worked in corporate jobs and so you know now it's in my hands so right. you know Owning your own business is a wonderful thing because now my job is not, you know, in the hands of somebody else. It's in the hands of me. Right. So if it fails, it's because I failed it.
0: Right. And you're the boss. Yes.
1: Yes. And it is scary. So scary. <laughs> <laughs> but being your own boss is the most wonderful and fulfilling thing.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, being an entrepreneur is not supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I mean, it. if you want to have something of your own, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. And I feel like all those other jobs you went through mm-hmm. was your training Yep, and for you to be where you're at today. So mm-hmm. congratulations. Thank you. But what is Emily's biggest fear?
2: Looking back and not having
1: done something that I, you know, that I was interested in or that I thought about doing because I was scared. Fear is, you know, fear can be crippling. Mm-hmm. But fear can also push you to do things that you would have you know never done. um I feel like that with bodybuilding you know i if I had never done a show, I would have always thought about you know well, what if I did? you know what could have happened if I did right if I never quit my job, I would have always thought about you know what could have happened if I had started my own business, like where would I be at if I never got divorced, you know, would I still be in that same thing when I you know if I never married the person you know my Sweet husband now, like mm-hmm. he's my angel from above, and you know <laughs> it's my rock, and was brought into my life for a reason, so I just think that you know I don't want to ever look back and wonder what if
0: yeah that that's a tough thing to I feel like you know it's easy to do in our life, mm-hmm. you know that's why we have to make sure that everything that we are wanting to accomplish in life, we try our best to accomplish it because we have only one, mm-hmm. and so You know, you want to get as much done in this lifetime as possible. Yeah. And um, but most importantly, I think besides getting as much done, you want to inspire as many people along the way. Mm -hmm. Nothing can replace that. Yeah. Nothing can replace, even if it's just one person. Yeah. You know, the feeling of inspiring someone else is, is priceless.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the coolest feeling in the world. Even it's just something little, like just getting a message on, you know, Instagram, it's like, Hey, that meal you posted, because I post all my meals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure everybody sees them on there all the time. (laughs) I love seeing what other people eat. So I'm putting it out there for other people to enjoy as well. But just getting like a message, like, Hey, like you inspired me to, you know, eat something like that today to be, to be healthier, you know, Mm -hmm. for one meal, like, wow, like something that I did could change somebody's path that they were on, you know, even if it's something so small that is such a cool feeling.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. I think my next question for you is this. When it comes to you and your diet, do you take in more carbs for you to gain weight or are you taking in more healthier fats?
1: I feel like my body responds better to carbs, um, on both ends, whenever I'm trying to gain weight and whenever I'm trying to lose weight, Mm -hmm. um, and carbs are my favorite. So, you know, it works in my favor whenever I'm trying to gain, because I feel like I can eat probably a little bit more than most other girls probably Mm -hmm. could and not put on a, you know, substantial amount of weight. Um, but then it kind of, you know, goes in the other direction whenever i'm trying to lose weight i feel like i have to you know no matter how high i get because that's a lot of like a misconception i feel like Mm -hmm. people think like oh i'm just gonna you know blow it out of the water and get my (laughs) carbs up so high and just you know or go crazy in the off season it's like that doesn't necessarily mean that once you come down to cut like you're gonna be able to you know cut on 300 carbs i'm not one of those people i know there are people out there those lucky lucky girls (laughs) right but you know it but definitely carbs carbs is where it's at.
0: Yeah. As far as, um, you know, of course your carbs, but does your trainer have you doing anything specific? Like, are you having like a cup of rice or like, let's go through some of what you're having for those who's going to be listening. Yeah. You know, that may be in a similar position, mm-hmm. like what's your daily rundown of what you may have?
1: Yeah, that's pretty easy. I'm such a creature of habit. I feel like I'm not on a meal plan. So everything is just done by macros. So my coach, with the exception of um, show day, has never given me a meal plan. It's always up to me. I can eat whatever I want, you know, as long as it's, you know, with as long as I'm hitting my macros. Okay. And I will say when I'm in prep, like I hit those macros to the gram. Like I am very, very consistent with that. I don't, you know, don't slip up. I don't have cheat days. I don't, you know, and that work, those things work for some people. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, knocking that by any means. Um, it's just never the way that I've done it. And it's not what's worked for me. Um, but I have my oatmeal mm-hmm. in the morning. Okay. I have Oatmeal and yogurt literally every morning. I think I've had it probably for the last three years. <laughs> every morning when I don't have it, I miss it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but i do that and i'm a i like to have i usually eat about four times a day i like to have a little bit larger meals i'm not a big snacker um so i have that for breakfast with like some peanut butter oats uh yogurt and some fruit um and then for lunch i lunch is kind of different lunch i'll do like bowls of random i put the most random (laughs) meals together like sometimes people probably see my food and they're like what is this girl eating and i'm like As long as I've got my protein, carbs, fats, you know, I don't, it doesn't have to make sense to me. You know, I think people think too hard about it or think that they can only eat certain things. And I'm like, I eat what sounds good to me at the moment, you know, so that, you know, I do a lot of like rice bowls with ground beef or I'll do, you know, turkey tortilla wraps and I love squash, any kind of squash. Squash is awesome. Big squash person. Um, dinner is usually like what would be considered my post-workout meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually try to go to the gym about, I get there probably about three o'clock. So, and I eat dinner with the old people. So about, <laughs> about five o'clock is what usually works bed, for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, if I'm not in bed by nine, nine I'm a not happy person. <laughs> I have to get nine. I get about nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. And
0: lucky
1: can, you yeah <laughs> and i can tell a huge difference if i only get like six or seven i don't know how people function off of my husband used to sleep for like maybe three four hours a night um before he met me and i was like no this is not gonna work out we are gonna have to work on a better sleep schedule <laughs> <going to> bit. <laughs> yes and he's gotten into a better habit and so he's you know he's thankful for that now that, His recovery you know, is like this is better. what it feels <laughs> yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah um but so my post workout meal is usually an omelet. I make an omelet every day. Um, I do air fried bacon. Which of you do, you have an air fryer?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Best thing in the world. Does we have it? Come on. <laughs> do you air fry all the things? Huh? Have you ever air fried bacon? We have not air fried bacon. You just change your life. You better do it tomorrow. <laughs> all right. You heard what she says. I throw everything in the air fryer. I love it. Everything. Every, anything. All the things, just throw it on there. All the, and that's what everybody always asks for recipes, and I'm like, I don't really have recipes. Like I don't follow recipes. I just, you know, I'm I'm not a meal prepper. Surprisingly, I don't like unless when I was working at my job, like I would make my meals the mm-hmm. night before. But I've never been the type of person that just makes like a whole bunch of rice or a whole bunch of you know meat at the beginning of the week. Like I like to cook it either that day or the day before. Um, just personal preference, but okay, awesome. Never done it. <laughs> And then I eat my last meal right before bed, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, carbs what after dark. Like, so I, I eat the most of my carbs, probably at that last meal. Um, I've been stuck on, I do a creamer rice bowl with fried foods. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Shout out to Sean. Shout Heard out on here last Sean. Week. <laughs> I know I had to follow up Sean, like they're, you know, coolest guy out there yes he is um but i do that and then what I make, flavor
0: what flavor cream oh, um rice so i rice. right
1: now i've been alternating between brown sugar cinnamon which is probably my favorite and yeah. then the chocolate brownie i think i alternate every night
0: that's awesome what's your
1: favorite
0: i like the strawberry and i think we had the blueberry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so
1: but I have that and then I make like a protein smoothie bowl. So again, I'm not big on like drinking protein, which is water. I don't ever do that. I <laughs> I hate the thought of like, even if it tastes good, I just hate the thought of liquid <laughs> calories. Like right. I don't do any you liquid calories. Food. Yes, I want food. Um, So I'll make like a smoothie bowl. It's That's
2: like an awesome.
1: Ice cream kind of bowl out of that.
0: Awesome. All right. So we are going to finish up with this podcast. and. Going to say guys, thank you for tonight's um podcast and listening to Emily Lauren. Emily, if you had one last thing to say to someone who is six foot tall mm-hmm. and wants to compete, we're gonna finish on this note. What would you say to them?
1: I would say take your time, put on some muscle. You are a six foot tall frame. You've got a lot of room to build mm-hmm. and it's going to take time. And, you know, it's going to, like we talked about, it's not going to seem fair that some other girls can, you know, put it on a lot quicker than you and maybe some six footers out there can do it, but, right, right. but, you know, for the most part, probably not. So take the time you, the stage will always be there. That's something that I had to tell myself too, you know, cause again, I wanted to compete this year and I'm mm-hmm. not going to compete till next year. And it's like, that stage is going to be there, you know, Five years from now, there's right. nothing holding me back, you know, and I went through the whole, like, I'm 33, I'll be 34 this year. And so I'm a lot older than a lot of competitors, right. There's 20, you know, 21 year olds out there, you know, <laughs> that are killing the game out there. And, you know, coming in at 33, 34, like I'm one year away from masters. That's crazy right. to me. That's crazy. <laughs> but that stage will always be there. So take your time, you know, Go up there when you're ready, when you feel confident, when you know you're bringing a competitive physique. And I feel like whenever I first started, I was, you know, I just wanted to try it out. I was never, you know, competitive with it. I didn't, you know, of course you want to win, but I've, I've never been like super let down by mm-hmm. not doing well. So I feel like that's something else that people need to take onto that stage. Like that stage is not your life, you know. Right. Whether oh. you, yeah, <laughs> Go ahead.
0: no, exactly. What I was looking to hear from you. Yeah. And then why? Because you don't do well. So many feel like life is over. Yeah. And actually, it's probably the beginning of your life as far as bodybuilding. Because if you were perfect right now, how else would you improve? Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. You cannot let your emotional state be dependent on how you place, you know, that you can't let that bring your entire life down. Like that means, you know, in the grand scheme of life, that means nothing, you know, like you, you want to continually do better. And even if you go in there and win your first show, like, where do you go from there? you know, like where, you know, are you really having to fight that battle to prove yourself? Mm -hmm. I'd rather work a little bit harder for it, Right. but, but yeah, just, I would tell people don't give up, you know, if it's something that you do, do it because you love it don't do it because you think it's what you should be doing or Mm -hmm. because you want to have some pictures to post on Instagram or you want to do it for somebody else. Like do it for yourself because if you're really doing it for yourself, it is the best feeling in the world knowing that you did it.
0: That's awesome. Let's be sure to tell everybody your Instagram handle so they know where to follow you.
1: Yep. I'm at Emily Lauren underscore D D as in Dixon. That's my maiden name.
0: Awesome. So, guys. That's tonight's podcast with Emily, Lauren, and this is Daryl Terrell with The Real World. We'll see you next time, and we're out.
2: Bye.